today's guest has more than 25 years of experience in helping men with men's health issues, particularly when it comes to sexual health. Dr. Judson Brandis is today's guest on the Manlyhood Mancast. Warning, applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. You'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. Listen, I'm glad that you guys are here today. Listen, we've got some great contests that we're putting together for you. I want you to go to manlyhood.com slash contests, and you can enter to win. And the first contest is coming from Haven Design. They make amazing Christmas gifts for you. So if you go to manlyhood.com slash contests and enter that contest, we've got some handmade leather and wood ornaments that are made by my brother and his wife and his family. Uh, and we've got a giveaway for you. There's like $200 worth of stuff that we're giving away to you for free. If you sign up and you'll have your chance to enter. So again, go to manlyhood.com slash contests and there will be more contests there on the way. Hey, listen, before we get into today's podcast with Dr. Judson Brandis, I just want to share with you, he's going to talk about uh, some supplements. The Affirm. Yeah. A firm supplement and the support supplement. I'm going to tell you guys, this stuff works. Uh, it helps you with your circulation and it helps you with your blood pressure and it helps you with all of those other things that you need some help with. Especially as you get older, those blood vessels don't work the way they're supposed to work. And so you might find yourself occasionally needing a little bit of help getting affirmed. So we're offering a discount on these supplements. If you go to uh, affirmscience.com and you can get any of their supplements there. And if you use the checkout code manlyhood, you'll save 10% off your order. That being said, guys, let's get into this great conversation with Dr. Judson Brandis. Dr. Brandis, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, I am really impressed with uh, your work. I've been following uh, the stuff you're doing on social media, following your book, and I think you're going to be a really cool conversation today, man. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. I mean, how could I not come to a show called Manlyhood? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's like my bread and butter right there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool moniker, and we've had a lot of fun with it, and uh, yeah, it's opened up a lot of doors for some cool conversations. So, so uh, Doc, you have got uh, an amazing career uh, helping men. You kind of specialize in men's health, right? Absolutely. They need the help. <laughs> so, <laughs> really it's, it's honestly true. I, I It's funny because I every time that I go to the doctor's office or a hospital, I get stressed out. My blood pressure was up today. And they were like, well, why is your blood pressure up? I'm like, probably because I'm at the doctor. <laughs> I think a lot of men don't like to go to the doctor. And that's nothing personal. It's just kind of the way it is. So um, I think you've got a lot to offer. You know, maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, how you can help men, how, how you help men to, to take care of their health. Yeah. Well, you hit the nail on the head. Men are 50% less likely to go to their primary care doctor than women are, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you know, when you're in your 20s and 30s, like, who cares? We're all pretty healthy in our 20s and 30s. Everything seems to work. You know, you can go and party all night and then show up to work and go to work the next morning and function. But the thing is, you're, you're, you're doing things in your 20s and 30s that will have implications in your 40s and 50s and 60s and, and, the, and so on. And you don't want your 60-year-old self or your 50-year-old self saying, God, I wish my 20-year-old self had taken much better care of me because, you know, everyone thinks that they're perfect. But at the end of the day, almost half of men in the United States are fat or obese. Half of men have high blood pressure. 15% of men smoke. 
you know, 10 to 15% of men are alcoholics. 12% of men don't even have health insurance. And if you look at it, the longevity of Caucasian middle-aged men in the United States is declining and was in decline even before COVID. And the reason for that is alcohol, opioids, and suicide, Mm. right? So if you think that things are working out really well for middle-aged men in the United States, guess again. Yeah. Yeah. When we talk about that suicide, it is one of the leading cause of death in men and men lead the, the people who do it. And so that's actually one of the things that motivated me starting this whole brand, the whole, the whole movement really, just because I had, I lost some friends, man. And I was kind of sick of losing people. I'm like, all right, let's start, let's start having the conversations because, you know, and, and the reasons why people do those things are varied, you know, the reasons why people and their life is varied, but the bottom line is, you know, smoking and drinking and overeating and not taking care of yourself is also suicide. It's just a lot slower. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is you have to take accountability for your own actions. You know, the first chapter of the book is called the hero's journey. And it's based on a, a concept from a guy named Joseph Campbell, who was a mythologist. And he, he looked at the patterns of mythologic stories and what he found were certain, certain archetypes, certain patterns. And really for me, every man should be the hero of his own journey. Right. You know, I loved, I didn't love watching, but that, that Johnny Depp trial, you know, a lot of people, people watched it for different reasons, but what I watched it for was like, everyone's life is messed up in some way. Here's like this good looking Hollywood star. He's like hooking up with supermodels and, and, and actresses. And if you looked at on the surface, you'd be like, wow, you know, I'd love to be Johnny Depp. But then you look at like what the raw sewage of his life is like. And it's like, you know, everyone's got their own problems. Focus on your own problems and be the hero of your own journey. Because at the end of the day, living a, a healthy life is really simple. I mean, really, really simple, right? Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't do drugs. Don't eat too much. Exercise every day. Stretch. Do meditation. Be nice to other people. Right? If you do all of those things, you're ahead of 90, 95% of most of the men in America. Right? Yeah. But the thing is, there's, there's pressures in life and there's stress and there's marketing and there's Facebook and there's Instagram and, and somehow or another, we all kind of fall off the wagon in, in various ways. And, and we do things that are coping mechanisms or we shouldn't necessarily be doing, but at the end of the day, really, we all know what to do. In your practice, when you're treating and helping people, what, what is one of the, the biggest things that you focus on in, in your, in your office there? How do you help men? And, and yeah, probably so, the- you know, I have a really different type of medical practice. So I was an insurance-based urologist for 15, almost 20 years. I was, you know, really, really good at it. I've been voted the top urologist in the San Francisco Bay Area for the past nine years. Uh, and I was always kind of a trailblazer. I, I pioneered surgical robotics. I opened up a kidney stone center. I pioneered MRI-guided prostate biopsies. Uh, and about three years ago, I discovered regenerative treatments for sexual medicine. So how to help men who are having difficulty getting erections improve their blood flow, improve their erectile function, you know, more than just taking a pill. And so that's really what my uh, clinical practice is focused on. That's what my research is on. Um, uh, And, you know, I go around the country teaching physicians and, and educating patients about how to do that really well. And the 21st Century Man book that I wrote was kind of an offshoot or a product of all the work that I've done with men over the past 20, 25 years. Yeah. So, you know, when we talk about that, 
sexual health or the health of our nether regions. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot to that. And I think a lot of men don't like to talk about that. They don't like to talk about, I mean, it's, it's a really embarrassing thing if you can't perform or if you're having trouble with that. And so, um, you know, and I know that a lot of that could be related to physical issues and there's, there's a uh, testosterone issues. There's a lot of things that could cause that problem, right? Yeah. So getting an erection is a function entirely of circulation. It's a function of pushing blood under pressure into the penis, right? And so we, nobody's ashamed of heart disease, right? Like if you're at work and, and the, you know, you got to take your dad to the doctor. So you announce to the, you know, your coworkers, listen, guys, I got to leave a little early today. I got to take my dad to the cardiologist. You know, everyone in the office will be like, oh, you know, that's so nice. You're such a good son. Um, but then the next day you, you announce to everyone in the office, listen, guys, I got to take my dad to the urologist. He has having erectile dysfunction. <laughs> you know, people are going to be looking at you like, what the hell are you telling us? Right. But honestly, it's the same disease process. That's the important lesson from what I just said is heart disease and erectile dysfunction are the same disease process. Now, how does that work? Well, the arteries going to the penis are one or two millimeters in size. The arteries going to the heart are three to four millimeters in size. And the arteries going to the penis are way out in the periphery, whereas the arteries going to the heart are right next to the heart. So what's going to go first? Erectile function, right? So what right. happens is you're in your 20s, you know, a, a, a light breeze comes along and you get an erection, right? Then, and every night when you go to sleep, you get erection. So you wake up in the morning, flags at full mast, right? Then in your 30s or 40s or 50s, you lose morning erections, okay? Why does that happen? It happens because your circulation now isn't as good as it used to be, right? So a smart person would say, huh, my circulation isn't as good as it used to be. That's a clue that I'm not doing something right. So maybe I should stop smoking. Maybe I should stop eating as much. Maybe I should reduce my cholesterol. Maybe I should... Uh, you know, start exercising more, taking better care of myself. Okay, but say you don't do that. Say you just keep the rock and roll lifestyle going, uh, keep the party going, right? Ten years later, you're going to be with your uh, your partner, and all of a sudden, your or penis isn't going to work anymore, right? And you're going to be like, uh oh, that's not good. Okay, but then, you know. You're like, well, I saw that Blue Chew advertisement or the Get Roman advertisement at the at the Super Bowl or the World Series. So let me just call up and get some Viagra and I'll do fine, right? So you're not focused on the fact that your circulation is declining. Just you're popping pills. And five or ten years after that, you have a heart attack, right? Because now it's gotten to the point where those three to four millimeter blood vessels in your heart got clogged. And so if you don't take these things as warning signs of heart disease or cardiovascular disease, you're missing a big opportunity to help take care of yourself. Because the thing is, and you'll see this in the book, the first sign of heart disease in 25% of men is death. Hmm. Right. And that's kind of a tough one to come back from. Yeah. Yeah. When it's the first sign, you didn't notice the problems. Before. And you can't now, put another quarter in, you know, when it says game over and you put another right. quarter in and you, you, you don't get to respond. No, you don't get to respond. So the, and there may have been warning signs, but again, we don't go get checked out. I'm, I'm guilty of this too. I, like I said, I had to go today. Cause I had, uh, I think it might've been a spider bite, had some kind of infection on my leg and I needed to follow up with my primary care. And I went in and he's like, checks my blood pressure. He's like, Oh, Hey, have you been checking your blood pressure often? Cause it's a little high right now. And I'm like, uh Oh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, we don't, we may have those warning signs, but we choose okay, to so can I explain because, blood pressure for you. Yeah. Let's talk about okay. it. Okay. So. The heart's a pump, right? 
And that pump has to pump blood through 25,000 miles of arteries. And then the blood gets returned through 25,000 miles of veins, right? And so that's a lot for a little, you know, a pump the size of a cantaloupe, right? And so your arteries actually have muscle in their walls. So when your heart pumps, it fills blood up into those arteries. And when those arteries are stretched, you get a pressure. That's your systolic blood pressure. Okay, then those arteries contract and push the blood. And then when the arteries are relaxed, that's your diastolic blood pressure, right? That's why you have two, you're, you're, you don't have PVC piping in your body, right? That's just right. one pressure. Right. You have an active pulsatile flow. That's why you can feel pulses in your arm. And that's why you get uh, a systolic and a diastolic blood pressure. Okay, so what happens when you are chronically stressed. Your body produces a hormone that tightens up the blood vessels in your body. Or what happens if you eat a lot of high cholesterol food or you smoke or uh, you do things that clog blood vessels, right? The pressure in your blood vessels goes up, right? It becomes more difficult for your heart to push blood through those blood vessels. And so what does the heart have to do? has to work harder, right? So when a heart works harder and pumps harder, what is that called? High blood pressure, right? So now what does the doctor have to do? Doctor's got to get that blood pressure down, right? Because it's not good for your heart to pump so hard, right? Like if your engine in your car, like uh, I, sometimes I forget to, to, uh, to undo the parking brake in my car, right? And so my engine's got to work really, really hard to, to make the car go. Well, I mean, if I drove another thousand miles in that situation, uh, you know, it would probably destroy the engine of the car. Well, if you have really narrow blood vessels, then, and your heart's pumping against that resistance, it's going, the heart's going to fail. Right. And so you go to your doctor and the doctor puts you on blood pressure medication. Right. And that will lower your blood pressure. Okay. But where does your body check blood pressure? Sorry, I'm asking you these questions like you know the answer. That's okay. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I don't okay. know. <laughs> so there's, okay, what are the two most important, well, that's the wrong question. The two, from your body's perspective, the two most important parts of your body are your brain mm -hmm. and your kidneys. Okay, the brain, because, you know, if you lose your brain, um, then nothing really works. And your kidneys, because your kidneys do a couple important things. They monitor electrolytes. So if your electrolytes are out of whack, your heart goes into a fatal arrhythmia and you die. And it monitors fluid levels, right? So if you're overhydrated, you make more urine. If you're underhydrated or dehydrated, then your, your kidneys hold on to fluids, okay? So... When you take blood pressure medication, the blood pressure medication typically works on your central circulation. So you get more blood flow to the brain and more blood flow to the kidneys because the, the carotid body and the kidneys can secrete these hormones that will make your blood vessels open and close and make your heart pump more or less. Okay, But the things in the periphery, like your fingers, like your toes, like your penis, they don't have a way to communicate with the rest of your body that they're not getting enough blood flow, right? And so if you take one of these blood pressure medications that relaxes your central circulation, what it does is it makes your heart not have to pump as hard. So if a heart's not pumping as hard, then your peripheral circulation, including the penis, isn't getting as much circulation, right? And so your penis is like, you know, What's up? You know, how come I'm not getting circulation? But nobody's listening. Your penis is like, what's up? Not me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know what I can do is I have a supplement that I, I I'm one of the supplements that I manufacture called Affirm. Mm -hmm. That is a nitric oxide booster. And so when I was at UCLA, one of my professors won the Nobel Prize for discovering how nitric oxide boosting works. And I get a lot of my patients off their blood pressure medications 
who I'm treating for erectile dysfunction, because I get them on a nitric oxide booster, nitric oxide helps your body naturally open and close blood vessels. And so it increases the elasticity of blood vessels. And so it Im does improve blood flow to the periphery and awesome. improves blood flow to the brain uh, and to the muscles. A lot of elite endurance athletes take these kind of things. So it's just a supplement? Just Yeah, it's just a supplement. It's just <laughs> basically watermelon and beets, which are foods that are high in things that create nitric oxide in your body. Hmm. Very interesting. So as we talk about that, that heart disease and we talk about a lot of that stuff, um, you know, I think about, and, and you mentioned this too, that, you know, the, the younger me didn't really care, you know, we, and your brain's not fully formed until you're 25. And so, you know, we have that invincible thinking and you don't think about the fact that the Cheetos and the Mountain Dew are going to affect you later. <laughs> You know, so, so what do we say to those younger guys to help them see what, what do we, what's our encouragement for them? Yeah. I mean, you can get away with it in your twenties and thirties, but it's, it's those. And I, I have these sit downs with guys in their, in their twenties sometimes who do come in with erectile issues and do come in with, uh, testosterone issues because you can, uh, have those problems early on, but it's the, the habits that you form at those ages you know, if you're overweight in your 20s and 30s, believe me, it gets harder and harder and harder to lose that weight, to lose fat, right? It's not just weight, it's fat. Um, because, well, I saw a really interesting study the other day. Um, if a 20-year-old and a 50-year-old do a similar workout, a 20-year-old will build three times as much muscle as the 50-year-old, right? So it's kind of like um, that biblical story of Joseph, right? Seven years of feast and seven years of famine, right? In your 20s and 30s, you're in that seven years of feast, right? It's your job. Like if you're looking at your overall life, in your 20s and 30s, it's your job to build muscle, get rid of fat, establish healthy habits, um, uh, drink reasonably, don't smoke, don't do drugs, because when the famine comes in your, in your 50s and 60s and 70s and hopefully 80s, you know, it's the muscle memory and the muscle that you're building uh, and the habits that you're getting into in your 20s and 30s that's going to make your life much, much better in your fifties and sixties and seventies, because, you know, like I, I saw a patient just an hour ago, right? Very successful businessman built a huge business in the Bay area. Um, but he's 60 pounds overweight. His legs are weak. You know, he has erectile dysfunction. He's still trying to quit smoking, you know, like, so he's got a big pile of money, but he can't use it. Cause it's hard for him to travel. Cause it's hard for him to walk to support his weight. You know, uh, his wife left him. He's got a young girlfriend, but he can't do anything with her. And so, you know, there are so many just simple good habits that you can get yourself into in your twenties and thirties so that you can really enjoy the, 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 the product of your hard work in life. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you that like I said, I have a lot of regrets and, you know, being in my mid forties now trying to make up for those mistakes. It is a lot harder now than it was when I was younger to lose that weight. So, and to get healthy and to change things. So, and, and not only that, like even psychologically, I think you get fixed in your ways that the longer you leave a habit, the harder and harder it is to change it, you know? Absolutely. You know, it's, um, I, I talk a lot to a lot of my patients about alcohol. Really, you know, like, um, I mean, you're, you're almost, I'm 55. So, but, uh, you probably saw animal house, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what did Dean Wormer say in animal house about alcohol? Now I don't remember what he said, but I yeah. do remember some of the other things. Yeah. I mean, he, he said drunk, fat, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Mm -hmm. But let's, you know, let's look at the, the truth behind that statement, right? Because 
Alcohol is four things. First of all, it's totally ingrained in society, right? So when you're in high school or college, you know, you go drink beer. And then when you get older and you're more sophisticated, you drink wine. And then when you're, you know, older than that and going out with your buddies, you're drinking bourbon or, or whiskey. Okay, so, and it, you know, it's advertisements and you got to be drinking and this and that. But alcohol does three things. First of all, it's a depressant. Okay, that's the class of drug that alcohol is in. So if you drink enough, it'll make you sad. Okay, second of all, it disinhibits you, right? So most of the stupid things that we've done in our lives, we've done under the influence of alcohol, right? We all know that, okay? And third, it's empty calories. So I do this little trick with my patients. You know, I had a patient in a couple days ago. He's 25 pounds overweight. He drinks two glasses of wine a night, right? You know, and we're close to Napa Valley, so like everyone here drinks wine, right? I said, okay, let's look up how many calories in a glass of wine. There's 125 calories in a glass of wine. Pretty much same for beer and for, for hard alcohol, right? Okay, multiply that times two. Multiply that times 365. That's the number of calories that you get from alcohol in a year. And then divide that by 3,500, which is the number of calories in a pound of human fat. And so in the end, the answer was 28 pounds of fat that he was putting on his body every year because he was drinking two glasses of wine a night. Right? Right. And so I said, you know, listen, and I don't tell guys what to do, right? The stupidest thing is to tell guys what to do. Because <laughs> if you tell a guy what to do, they'll be like, screw you. You know, I'll do whatever the hell I want. I just try to tell guys this is the consequence of this behavior. You know, if you want to drink two glasses of wine a night, that's fine. But, you you know, that's 28 pounds of fat that you're going to have to burn off in some way. And if you want to lose 28 pounds in a year, do everything that you're doing right now to stop drinking wine. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, that makes sense to me. I don't sense. need to drink wine. I, I had a friend who recently decided, you know, he, he he realized that he hadn't been a day without drinking since he was 16. And wow. he, and honestly, it wasn't abnormal for him to think about like he just did. And he was very functional and nobody would look at him and think, oh, you're a drunk. But one day he just started to realize this is not right. And he realized that he was making decisions, even driving, you know, and, um, you know, putting people's lives at risk. And he's just like, I can't do that anymore, you know? And, and it was, you know, a hard battle for him to fight that, you know, it, and he's, he's been sober now for months, you know, and I, I'm not a guy that tells everybody, Oh, like thou shalt not drink. I don't, you know, I, I think that, you know, if somebody wants to drink with moderation, then they certainly can. But like you said, there's a price and there's a cost that we have to weigh. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the information is out there. It's, it's the, the problem is people just kind of get sucked in by the cultural elements and the marketing and the advertising, but you have to really stop and think, you know, and this maybe is a sign of, of maturity of, of growing old of why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And it really, is it benefiting me in any way? And I, you know, I would be hard pressed to find anyone who's drinking a fair amount of alcohol who could tell me, listen, drinking a lot of alcohol, is really benefiting me in, in some significant ways. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, you know, the, the folks out there, you can do what you want, but just think about it. Cause the thing is like some people drink as a habit, but find other habits that may be healthier. Some people drink because they're addicted. If you're addicted, you know, go find, a, you know, an addiction doctor or Alcoholics Anonymous or because you have a real problem. Okay. And, yeah. you know, some people drink because they really, really like it. You know, I, I have, like, I like the taste of beer, right? You know, when I have sushi, I have to have beer. But there's non-alcoholic beers that, that are actually pretty decent. You know, some people just love the taste of wine. That's fine. You know, I have to have it in really significant moderation, 
um, just understand, you know, what, what are the consequences of having too much? What are some of the other health issues that uh, men face that they struggle with that maybe are unique to men? You know, one of the really, really interesting ones. Uh, so at the beginning of the book, there's a whole preventative medicine chapter, right? So we just took the top 10 things that kill men and talked about each one of them. So, you know, number one is cardiovascular disease. So uh, heart attacks and strokes and, and um, you know, pulmonary emboli and those kind of things. And so there's chapters on each of those things. And then obviously there's cancer and there's a, a chapter on cancer. But really interesting one is accidental death, mm. right? That's number three. Because guys have this like bravado, like, ah, oh, you know, we can do anything. And so, you know, first of all, guys are in the most dangerous jobs. I think the most dangerous job was commercial fishermen, right? Uh, roofing is up there. Um, and it, it just you just have to take precautions. If you know that you're in a, uh, a dangerous job, you know, the, the OSHA people are actually there for a reason. You know, you just have to look at statistics, right? Individuals think that they're immune to statistics, but eventually you'll become a statistic, okay? Uh, a great example of it is 90% of eye injuries are preventable by wearing safety glasses, right? 90% of eye injuries, so after I read that, every time I go out into the garden with my sawzall when I'm building a, you know, a retaining wall or doing some rough carpentry, you know, I put on glasses. Like, do you really want to be the guy that loses an eye because you were too stubborn or proud to put on a pair of safety goggles? Right. And the, the ophthalmology, the eye chapter written by a good friend of mine, Ahad Mahuchi, is an amazing ophthalmologist in Tampa, Florida. And he wrote a great chapter and he said, you know, 90 percent of eye injuries are preventable by using uh, eye protection. Fifty percent of hand injuries are preventable by wearing gloves. Right. Do you want to lose a finger, you know, or, or lose a tendon of a finger just because you're you're too lazy not to get gloves? Or to use your, your equipment properly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th these are really simple things, but a lot of times guys are too proud or too much of, an, of, of a, in a rush to do the things that they, they really need to do. Well, I think that inherent in masculinity is the, the risk-taking, which is not necessarily bad. It's there for a good reason. That's how money is made. That's how adventure is found. But we have to temper that with some common sense or else we're going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you could take calculated risks. Exactly. That's great. But don't take stupid risks. Like what, what's the benefit of not wearing safety goggles when, you know, you're, you got a bandsaw cutting some metal. Exactly. You know, is it the, the 30 seconds it takes to actually go to put them on, you know? Well, I, if I think of all the, if I counted all the trips that I've had to the ER in the past 10 years, uh, I'm going to say probably 70 to 80% of them were me being stupid and, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, running a nail through my finger, chopping the end of my fingertips off a little bit, you know, the skin off the tips of my fingers. And I'm like, yeah, if I would just, uh, thought about that before I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, sometimes people aren't, aren't so lucky. Exactly. Uh, and that's, you know, that's the, the unfortunate part is that, um, you know, every year, there is not a year that goes by that I don't have a patient or a patient that I know of that fell off a roof putting up Christmas lights, hmm. right? You know, when you're getting up there, 50, 60, 70 years old, you shouldn't be doing that, right? And it's not because, see, this is the thing, it's like the aging process is a physiologic change that occurs, the same way that 20-year-olds build three times as much muscle as 50-year-olds. Okay, so you're up there on a ladder. You're physically weaker than you used to be. Just accept that that's what it is. Your balance isn't as good because the, the, the little tubes in your ears don't work the way that they used to work. 
your tendons and ligaments aren't as flexible as they used to be. Your nerve function doesn't transmit as quick as it used to be. So there's a real reason why your dumbass shouldn't be up on a ladder putting up Christmas lights. And you should wave a $50 bill in front of the 20-year-old next door and say, do you mind taking care of this? Because that person's much better suited to that kind of thing. And if they stumble up on the ladder, they're much more likely to be able to catch themselves before they fall. Or you get one of those lasers that goes on the corner of your yard and just shines all over the house. Yeah, or you you don't have to hang anything. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh. So that... That aging process, yeah, I definitely, you know, when I turned 40 and anything after 40, there was definitely a difference in in that kind of stuff. What are some other issues that as men are aging that they start to face and, and don't really know what to do? Or, Yeah, well, a, a big one is the loss of testosterone, right? So when you're 10, your testosterone is 200, right? And then when you hit puberty, your testosterone shoots up, right? So what happens when you're in puberty? Your muscles get bigger, you lose fat, you put on body hair, your voice gets deeper, you get libido, you get motivation, you get drive, right? And so then you're 20 years old, your testosterone's 1,000, and you feel great, right? You're on top of the world. And then every year after that, your testosterone drops about 1% or 2%, right? And then you find yourself 60, 70, 80 years old, uh, and your testosterone's really low. Okay, but, you know, the world that we live in is different, meaning that there are all these studies out there now that men produce 30% less testosterone than they did 50 years ago, right? You've probably seen some of those things, right? Mm-hmm. So why is that? First of, well, first of all, the food that we eat sometimes isn't food. You know, it's just manufactured stuff or there's plastics in there. Or, and I'm, I'm not an expert at that kind of stuff. But, I, I mean, you can't be an American and, and know that, um, you know, cheese in a, in a spray bottle isn't really cheese. Um, but the second thing is, right, hunters had the highest testosterone. I'm not talking about like, you know, shooting a gun a half a mile away at a, you know, at a deer. I'm talking about like ancient hunters that took down wild boar, you know, with their bare hands, right? In order to do that, your testosterone's got to be high, because wild boar don't like to be killed, right? So hunters' testosterone was really high. Farmers, you know, they still work hard, but they're not engaged in mortal combat. And so their testosterone levels were lower, but they're still working. Now, if you're working in a computer behind a desk, your body's smart. Your body's like, you know, listen, I don't need to make that much testosterone because this guy is not going out and killing wild boar with his bare hands. And so your body will not make as much testosterone as it could. And then a lot of guys who are fat and estrogen, fat turns testosterone into estrogen, right? So not only are you not making as much testosterone, but then some of it is being converted into estrogen, right? Because men and women both have testosterone and estrogen just at different ratios, right? So that's why guys get those man boobs sometimes, uh, and and that's why, you know, people that are obese make even less testosterone, which is, is kind of a, a bad cycle, right? Because the lower the testosterone, the higher the estrogen, the lower the motivation, the lower libido, which means, you know, you put on even more uh, weight. And maybe you buy your first Bette Midler album and you start to watch <laughs> Barbara Streisand movies. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and who knows where it goes from there. <laughs> Start getting a perm in your hair. Exactly. <laughs> Start watching The Bachelorette. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get letters from all the guys that, like, have perms and watch The Bachelorette now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is that Chris Harrison guy. <laughs> so what do we do if we need to increase that testosterone? How do we, how do we counteract that? Yeah, that's great. We'll start. Okay. So testosterone is a steroid hormone, right? So, uh, and which comes from cholesterol. So, you know, eat meat. Meat's got, you know, a good type of cholesterol. Your body uses that cholesterol to break it down into steroid hormones, okay? Uh, Don't eat as much carbs. 
right? Carbs are basically just concentrated sugars. And when you break down a carb, you just get a bunch and bunch of sugar, right? So uh, the diet that I put all my patients on are high protein. Take your weight, divide it by two. That's the number of grams of protein you should be eating every day. Whether it's animal protein, plant protein, I don't care. You know, if you're 200 pounds, eat 100 grams of protein or more. Don't eat carbs. Stop eating bread, pasta, uh, cookies, cake, concentrated sugar. Um, eat food that's high in fiber. You know, eat a bowl of salad the size of your head every single day. And if you want fat, eat healthy fats, right? I have a box of Costco nuts behind my bed, my behind my desk. If they get hungry at work, I just take some nuts, you know, cashews, walnuts, pistachios, not peanuts. Peanuts aren't great for you, but you know, that's a healthy fat. Everyone says, what's a healthy fat? Avocado, right? But there's not that many avocado trees in the world, right? <laughs> but easier, just nuts, right? That's super, super simple. It's a diet anyone can follow. And that'll help boost testosterone. Absolutely. And exercising, mm-hmm. right? Exercise every day. And uh, getting sleep. It's really interesting. So your testosterone peaks at 8 o'clock in the morning. So if you ever check your testosterone, check it first thing in the morning. By 3 or 4 in the afternoon, it's kind of bottomed out. You've kind of used up all your testosterone. And then guess where you recharge testosterone? When you go to sleep, Hmm. right? Then, you know, testosterone really is low at 10 o'clock, and then you watch it. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, boom, by 8 o'clock, it's maximum again. And it can drop about 15, 20% during the day, mm. right? So if you don't get good sleep, your testosterone won't recharge. Mm. Well, I know that that's, <laughs> it's kind of interesting because our, our formula from the things we talked about at the beginning seemed to apply here as well. Eat better, move more, get good sleep. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind I mean, of a simple it's, formula. It's pretty simple, you know. It's but it's amazing that it's how hard it really is to. It takes okay. It, what it takes is to see yourself as the hero of your own journey, hmm. right? When you see yourself as the hero of your own journey, you look at the decisions that you make in a different way. You know, when you're looking at. Uh, when you're watching Tom Brady play football, right, and he makes a dumb decision, you know, he throws to the wrong guy. Everyone's like, oh, you know, what the hell is he doing? He should have thrown to the guy that was open, not thrown to this guy, right? That's a bad decision by Tom Brady. But, you know, don't focus on Tom Brady. <laughs> focus on your own bad decisions that are, are causing destruction in your own life and right. let Tom Brady make you know, his own bad decisions. Excellent advice. So I like to ask all my guests a couple questions, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Uh, the first one is if, you know, I don't want to be oh, like a downer, you know, no. I want to be a fun podcast. <laughs> I feel like I've been like lecturing people and, you know, nope, that's telling right. people like, don't drink, don't have fun. You know, <laughs> you're a 60 year old. You is going to like, <laughs> castigate your 20 year old you like you know usually i try to be like fun and 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 lively on podcasts (laughs) you know god i feel like like a an old grumpy man (laughs) (laughs) sorry man (laughs) i got all luxury and stuff hey listen sometimes the truth is we need that though we need that that hard truth so it's okay it's okay well Um, you know that's honestly a lot of times that's most of the stuff i do with my patients like I get these wives and they, they, like, they pull me aside and they're like, you know, I've been telling my husband to do this for the past 20 years and he'll only listen to you. And <laughs> I don't care that he doesn't listen to me about this stuff as long as he listens to someone. Right. So, I mean, the thing is, I'm not telling people stuff they don't really know. I mean, there's like, I have like the, I, the 99% stuff meaning the stuff that 99% of people should be doing that they're not doing. And then I work with like really elite people, mm-hmm. you know, the people that are doing everything right. And what can I do to, uh, to help improve, you know, like I'm an expert on performance enhancing drugs. If you go to my website, 
which is BrandeisMD.com, if you're interested in this stuff, because I see a lot of uh, police officers and corrections guys and SWAT team and bodybuilders, go to media, drop down to eBooks. I have a performance enhancing drug eBook. It's the I think it's the best guide to uh, bodybuilding and performance enhancing drugs and steroids because I've seen a lot of guys really mess themselves up because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And right. so I put something together for them. I put another. I have another ebook just on replacing testosterone. If you just want to replace testosterone, you, if you're thinking about whether you should or you shouldn't, I have another one on levels of testosterone replacement. I went through every single testosterone replacement um, option, and there's an ebook on the results that you get, uh, the levels that you get from each of those things. So it's you know for me, it's all about educating people so that they can make informed, informed decisions. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so, but you know, I'm actually like a fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't sit and lecture my friends. <laughs> so, when you, I, we're going to go back a little bit to the testosterone thing because you just hit something I wonder about. Are there any supplements that people can take that help those other than you know maybe the harsh, harsher chemical things? Yeah, I know. Well, okay, there is one, and I, I I formulated it and I I make it. I produce it. It's called Support. And it's available at affirmscience.com, A-F-F-I-R-M science.com. And all the supplements on affirmscience.com are, you know, very, very well researched. Um, you know, I work with one of the top supplement scientists in the world to kind of create these formulations. And so what's in support is DHEA, which is a testosterone precursor, right? Your body uses DHEA to make testosterone. It also has something called DIM. DIM blocks the conversion of testosterone into estrogen. And it also has some ashwagandha and some tonkat ali, which are botanicals that have been shown in studies to improve testosterone levels. Yeah, I've heard a lot okay. about those two. Yeah, uh, so there's well. like a ton of testosterone supplements out there. There's like, you know, Mad Bull and, you know, jacked up guy and all that kind of stuff because you know all those guys that work for facebook and for google they got out and they said you know <laughs> i know how to market stuff and mm -hmm. so let me put together a supplement or let me put together an energy drink or something like that and we'll market the heck out of it and uh, my kid was drinking something called liquid death the other day this is just like purified water i'm like it, but it's like got a cool can and you know please just like do some research figure out who is actually putting together the formulation look at the qualifications of that person you know if they're just a facebook ex executive that knows how to market stuff probably don't buy it. And if they're like a physician or a researcher or someone actually has some credibility in the field that, you know, was putting their name behind the product that it works, it's much more likely that it's going to work. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. But, you know, even something like support, it's only going to boost your testosterone about 15, 20%. You know, right. if you're down in the dumps on testosterone, you're going to need uh, testosterone replacement. I gotcha. So when they do, um, you talk about testosterone replacement, like I, I know some guys that actually go and get testosterone put into them, right? Mm -hmm. um, where do they get it? Like do they where take it they... from monkeys? Oh, like, um, where do they okay, get the testosterone? So, yeah. So there's <laughs> synthetic testosterone, which you make in the lab, called testosterone mm -hmm. cypionate. So if people are injecting themselves with testosterone, that's probably what they're getting. There's also testosterone pellets or mm -hmm. testosterone creams, and that has uh, non-synthetic, that has human-identical testosterone, and that usually comes from either soybeans or wild yams, hmm. which I think is why they call them wild yams. Yeah. Well, I know that both of those two plants also, they often use those for estrogen. I think they probably mm -hmm. take a different, exactly. a different part out, so... Well, the difference awesome. between estrogen and testosterone is really only one hydrogen atom. So they're virtually hmm. identical molecules. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to get all biochemical on it. No, you, that's actually really interesting. We could like go down <laughs> but all that's kinds also, of that's also that. in the yeah, that's also in the ebook. I'll show you a picture of the 
as like a my thing is like men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but estrogen and testosterone are almost exactly the same. <laughs> which actually leads me to the question that I wanted to get to, which is because you talked about men from Mars, women are from Venus, but what does it take to be a man? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's taking responsibility for your own life. You know, don't expect other people to do things for you. Don't blame other people for your, uh, for your issues or problems. You know, just be the hero of your own journey. Take responsibility for your own life. Hmm. Yeah. I love that you have such a great foundation kind of built on that hero's hero's journey, because I think that definitely is, um, there is something in it that resonates with, with every man for sure. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's the interesting thing about the hero's journey is there's, there's 17 steps in the hero's journey. So, you know, to get through all 17 steps is, is a heck of a long way to go. You know, most of us fall off at, at, at certain parts, you know, and mm -hmm. there's not time to go through all what those parts are, but read the first chapter in the book. You'll, you'll understand. Um, yeah. And it just, it, it takes determination to get there. Um, you know, cause you keep getting knocked back. <laughs> you know, I, I wake up every morning. I expect life to punch me in the face every day. You know, it's just like the other day, uh, was it a week ago? I got a nice check from, uh, finally my, my book sold a pretty decent number of copies on Amazon. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, finally I'm starting to going to recoup some of the money I put in and time I put into this book. And then 15 minutes later, uh, my head nurse told me, Oh, sorry, doc, I have COVID, you know, my entire <laughs> staff, all of my staff got COVID. I was in the office alone for three days, running the whole thing, you know, taking care of all my patients, answering the phones, doing the paperwork, you know, it's just whatever. I, I just take life the way it comes and I just keep going and I don't blame anyone. I take responsibility for, for everything I do. I, I got my own problems and I don't worry about other people's problems unless as a physician, they're paying me to take care of their problems because <laughs> Otherwise, I lose sight of, of what I need to do to get through my day. Hmm. Excellent. Uh, if you were to run into the younger version of yourself, what are you going to tell yourself? Wow, that's a really good one. Um, boy, I got to think about that one. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with most of the choices that I made in life. Um, I think that people have an incredible opportunity these days, especially with the internet to understand things so much better than they used to. Right. And so all the things that I didn't quite understand, you know, I grew up with a brother and I went to like boys camps and, and so on and so forth. So like I was just clueless about how girls saw the world, you know, or, you know, clueless about so many things that, like these days I would have been able to like pull up a good website or a good podcast or a good uh, book and learn about. So I think a thing that I would have told myself, which, you know, I, I pretty much do is just always keep learning and keep striving to understand more and don't take for granted what you know. There's always a, 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 a new peel of the onion to peel back to get to a greater truth. Mm. I like that. So the 10 year old me probably would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. huh? like, you, that's not advice, you know, like go to Disneyland or. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to know which baseball cards I should hold on to. <laughs> exactly. Man. Yeah. I, you know, I should have gotten uh uh, Ricky Henderson and Tom Seaver's rookie card. That's probably the best <laughs> advice I should have given myself. Uh, so <laughs> my next Save question. those rookie cards in yes. mint condition. They'll be worth a lot of money one day. Exactly. And, yeah, and, and buy Apple and Google stock when they come out. Right, right. And don't ever bet on the Buffalo Bills to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next question is this. If you were to... Uh, or I, what is your best advice for the men that are listening today? 
Yeah. I mean, my best advice is what I gave up front. You know, mm-hmm. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't do drugs. Uh, don't eat too much. Uh, exercise every day. Stretch every day. Meditate and be nice to other people. Uh, mm-hmm. And then just, you know, focus on being the hero of your own journey. Focus yeah. on your own problems, not other people's problems. And if you do that, you know, you won't have high blood pressure like 50% of men. You won't be obese or fat like 40% of men. You won't be, uh, you know, addicted to alcohol, addicted to smoking. Uh, you know, the, the odds of you committing suicide or having mental health issues are going to be really low. Uh, and you'll, have, you'll, you'll enjoy your life. You'll live a, a happy, fulfilling life. Yeah, I think that's the key because I know you said you felt like you were a downer earlier when you're telling people all the things they shouldn't do. But yeah, we got to bring is, it up at the end. The truth <laughs> is, yeah, if you, if you do, do every, these things, yeah, they're all it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, the most of them are free, right? Exercise is free. <laughs> Not smoking will save you money. Not drinking will save you money. Not doing drugs will save you money. Uh, you know, stretching free. Uh, meditation free. Being nice to people, free. So really, like, this is the bargain of the century. <laughs> All the stuff is free. And the rewards you can't and even And the rewards count. are huge. There you go. That's my <laughs> uplifting message from Dr. Judson Brandeis at the end of the podcast. Hey, it's all good stuff, man. Really, though, I, I have really appreciated the conversation. I've got a lot of things that I need to to work on and pull from it. So I definitely am, am learning and I appreciate the time that you spent talking. So, you know, to, uh, to show my appreciation of having you on, uh, having me on the podcast, I'm going to send you a bottle of Affirm from Affirm Science, which is my nitric oxide circulation boosting supplement. Cause I don't want you to get high blood pressure and I don't want you to get put on a high blood pressure medication. And then I'm going to send you a bottle of support cause I want your testosterone to, uh, to get higher. Awesome. I appreciate right. that very much. Fantastic. Just shoot so, me your, your mailing address. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. So if the guys want to get in touch with you, they want to, to learn more from you, what's the best way, man? Yeah, let's see. So I have a YouTube channel, uh, mm-hmm. which is Brandeis MD. And I put all my, um, I used to be a, a sexual wellness advisor for Pornhub. So I used to make a ton of sexual medicine videos, nothing with no clothes on, right? Um, good. Yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old, bald, you're all, no, just, um, um, and then, uh, so just go to, uh, my YouTube channel. My website is brandeismd.com. Um, and I'm in Northern California, but I get people flying in from all over the country. I have a, um, I'll be famous probably by the end of the year. Cause I have a protocol where that grows the length, girth and function of a guy's penis. Uh, with very, very little risk. Um, and uh, let's see, the book website is the 21stcenturyman.com, all written out in letters, the 21stcenturyman.com. Um, and you know, we have sample chapters and a bunch of other stuff on there. And uh, Affirm Science, A-F-F-I-R-M, science.com is my supplement company website. And then I have Instagram and Facebook and all that other stuff. Awesome. I'll make sure to link them in the show notes as well. So if you're listening, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, just click the description or uh, look in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast and those links will all be there as well. So Awesome. Hey, I really appreciate it, Doc. It's good information. So I'd like to have you on again sometime because I think we could go for another two hours talking about. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I love that, Josh. That'd be great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Hey, Doc, it's been great having you on the podcast today. I appreciate you so much for your ability to talk about things that a lot of guys just don't want to talk about. Uh, And I want to thank you for sending me some samples of Affirm and support. Uh, Honestly, these supplements really do work. They help boost testosterone. They help increase circulation in the areas that you need it the most. And uh, I'm really happy with them. And I just want to, again, remind our guests, if you want some of these, if you want to try this out, uh, if you go to AffirmScience.com and use checkout code MANLYHOOD, you'll get 10% off your order. 
Listen, guys, uh, other things that we've got to offer you that we want to make sure you're aware of, please don't forget our contests, manlyhood.com slash contests. You can get some of our Haven-designed Christmas goodies so that you can give those as Christmas gifts or use them for your own home. I'm I'm cool with whatever you want to do there. They're beautiful. Also, um, if you have a beard like mine and you want it to be luxurious and rich and the kind of beard that your wife will appreciate because it's soft and it's not scratchy and it smells great, you want to get some of our Manlyhood Apothecary Dirty Beard Oil. So go to our Manlyhood store and you can pick that up. Uh, It's a limited run. So when we sell out, we will see how we're doing. We'll see if we want to do more or not. But check it out. Go to manlyhood.com slash store. Guys, as always, I just want you to know that I love you, I care about you, and I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.